An age-old question. The political left or the political right? Which one is better? In this episode, we will find out. So, let's get started. First of all, welcome back for another podcast episode of Aceto Magazine. In this episode, I'm going to talk about yeah, a topic that I actually yeah, I talked about it uh, quite a bit or it has been recurring all the time and it is about the division, the binary divide between left and right in political terms. So, yeah, leftist thinking, rightist thinking or conservative Actually, um, the other day there was also uh, there was already uh, an episode about the political cube. There was an extensive discussion on uh, why those two uh, sides of the spectrum are not enough. I expanded the political spectrum and the the, the axes um, by adding another dimension. So this is a very interesting um, novelty in political science. Basically, it's an innovation. Um, that I introduced so I, I highly recommend you to um, watch this episode it's going to be linked down below and also there is an article about the political cube so I highly recommend you to dig deeper into uh, this topic if you're interested in this episode I'm going to talk about yeah the structural strength and uh, weaknesses of leftist thinking and rightist thinking obviously There's no such thing uh, as one is better than the other. <laughs> Bo both are uh, not so good, if, if I want to uh, yeah, remain polite on this one. So um, I reject both. So there's no uh, bias uh, towards um, any side. But I just want to neutrally assess what are the um, pros and cons of each side and why do we think like that there's also some some socio uh, sociological um, aspects tied to our thinking in those terms so beginning with the political left the major point uh, that needs to be made up front is that when we talk about those concepts each and every one of you have specific ideas about what we are talking and this already if we look at uh, look at it from um, a scientific perspective, is already a bad thing. Because when I say political left or the left, leftist, you immediate, immediately have some sort of idea um, what I'm going to talk about. I mean, most prominently, you think about the color red. Isn't that true? I mean, be honest. If you hear the word political left, the first thing that comes to your mind, or one of the first things, um, is the color red. On the other side, if we say political right, or if I say uh, yeah, conservative, conservatism, it's the color blue. There is an association between those, uh, with those colors um, when we talk about those concepts, and I'm not only uh, talking about it in the context of the United States of America. It is also in the context of um, each, and, uh, each and every party that we have on this uh, spectrum in, in um, all other countries as well. So most parties on the left, because they have uh, some sort uh, of, of red included in their, um, in their logos, 
um, stemming from yeah basically the communist and, and Marxist culture. The connotation is already there, and blue is the um, opposite uh, color there, but also kind of giving the image of yeah the the, the calm banking and and um, rational uh, character that conservatism has uh, carries the color blue but this is very superficial there are also other concepts tied to it when we think about the left we think about buzzwords such as fairness democracy equality um, and uh, minority rights for example and when we th talk about the right we think about or conservatism we th we talk about uh, tradition we talk about economics and or we think about those terms we think about values family uh, and so on and so forth so there are also other concepts tied to this word it is very dangerous to think in that way and I would recommend you to all also kind of uh, look at yourself and how biased you are when dealing with those words and try to dismantle them. Try to look where does the concept of leftist thinking comes from and rightist thinking. Try to dismantle that and, and untie it from those concepts that we usually um, yeah, kind of immediately think of when we uh, are hearing about those words. So... A conservative state system can also be democratic. There's no problem um, yeah, in, in, in structuring it around that. So uh, I don't see a reason why we um, should tie the idea of uh, democracies to the left and not to the right, as well as family and religion. I mean, just because uh, leftist thinking is um, redistributive, it does not mean um, that, that family and tradition um, cannot be kind of uh, integrated into this thinking. So try to dismantle that and that is the first step that we need to do when we talk about those concepts. So these are common weaknesses that those uh, two concepts have or those two camps of thinking have. But starting off with the political left, let's start with the left. We can talk about the advantages first in order to um, kind of see where this thinking comes from. And as I just uh, touched upon this, this point earlier, the leftist thinking is born out of the Marxist thought that there is a universal power struggle of poorer people against richer people. The division that Karl Marx made back in the day was that there are in a capitalist system the means of reproduction basically give you power within society and help you elevate yourself and kind of live a worthy life means of reproduction mean for example you own a factory your basic job is if you just look at it on a superficial level is to manage the factory right but with having access to all those uh, machines and to this workforce and make them work for you, you are not only extracting uh, monetary value for yourself, but also have the value or kind of the, the, the strength to expand and multiply your, your value and worth by investing and 
extracting yeah more return on your investment than you would um, do as a worker who does not have those um, abilities to invest so for example you have a, a factory with 100 machines and 1000 workers you as a factory owner can go to the to the machine um, factory that produces the machines that you need and buy the next machine implement or integrate it into your factory and, uh, and increase your production capacity which then does not have a linear effect on your income and uh, growth of value but a more or less exponential growth so the invested amount gives you because you already have means of reproduction gives you in the next step a higher return on investment obviously with limits there are diminishing returns at some point and so on and so forth but if we think about the rudimentary level and the, yeah, the, the middle level of um, yeah, wealthy people uh, the middle class the upper middle class and the production um, or the, yeah, the, the, the producer class basically you have a high return on investment whereas the worker just gets enough money to um, yeah kind of uh, make a living and and uh, survive with um, his family and just provide for the family um, on a day-to-day -day basis so there's no additional value no additional money or means of reproduction to kind of uh, take the next step and um, kind of pull yourself out of this uh, out of this misery and leftist thinking is born out of this idea that from this Marxist perspective, where this discrepancy between means of reproduction um, is so glaring, that the state needs to intervene in order to redistribute the means of reproduction from the upper class to the lower class in order to kind of level uh, the playing field. So this is the idea. And from that, we have obviously um, over 100 years of development. Uh, the idea kind of developed, the yeah, other aspects and elements were added and so on and so forth. And then you can easily see how other ideas are tied to it because the core idea is that the economic equality is, um, is secured within such a state. And then because you already talk about the, the aspect of equality, you project the idea of having... Um, a united and unified society and equal society onto other aspects of life once the economic discrepancy is uh, starting to um, yeah get uh, get more leveled out so then once this aspect is seeing progress the left the leftist idea developed into something that included racial and um, gender equality and um, also ecological uh, equality into the agenda. And these are positive aspects because the left is kind of attentive to power discrepancies between different classes, uh, between different groups and tries to aim for a unified society. Um, which is a good thing. And this is definitely an advantage of leftist thinking. So, for example, women's rights were pushed by leftist agenda, 
because from the economic equality aspect, it moved to the gender equality aspect. And obviously, uh, today we even talk about racial um, equality in yeah, multi-racial uh, societies, such as the United States of America, Canada, uh, and some European countries. So this is definitely a positive takeaway from, um, uh, from the left. And uh, obviously, from that point on onwards, you know, equality, the and, and idea of the unified society, ideas of uh, democratic participation, um, and so on and so forth, kind of gained more prominence. So it is because I said in the, uh, in the beginning that we need to dismantle the bias. Um, there are reasons why we think that way and why we have those connotations on a daily basis, but it does not follow that they're exclusive to one side or, or the other. On the other side, we turn to the uh, positive aspects of conservatism. And conservatism is basically not a stream that developed in some sort of way, but is rather just kind of yes manifestation of the capitalist idea. It means that basically if we want to be brutally honest, the conservatives, uh, the conservatives were always there. The right, the political right as we call it, is actually the mainstream and the status quo. So meaning it is not in... Yeah, uh, a political stream in itself because it just defends that everything as it is right now is supposed to be like that, like in its natural state. So the rightist idea is um, the lenience and the trust in the natural dynamics of this, of this planet, um, which in itself is kind of um, a quite positive positive thinking it is in the context of capitalist economies defending that we do not need to redistribute wealth from one person to another and in order to achieve equality because equality is already there the system in the view of um, of the of the conservatives is that the market dynamics already give you this equality by yeah, kind of um, having beneficiaries uh, on, on the production side and on the worker side, uh, those who cannot yeah, kind of contribute enough to the economy in order to, to get the, the benefits, right? So the market dynamic already kind of uh, determines who or kind of... Um, yeah, gives those uh, advantages to those people um, who work more or better or smarter and therefore kind of um, it is not really an inequality or an imbalance to the political right but rather the, the state or the display of who worked the most or the best kind of. And um, within that the political right established not established, but kind of um, because it is conserving and preserving um, the current order, the idea also had a spillover effect, similar to the left, onto other areas of life. 
such as family, tradition, culture, and so on and so forth. Because the main idea is that everything as it is, is perfect in itself, because the natural condition uh, is perfect in itself, those cultural and sociocultural aspects, such as family, religion, um, and tradition, are already present, they need to be preserved too. So this is an inherently positive thing because it acknowledges the importance of our intrinsic um, infrastructure, our in intrinsic cognitive or yeah, kind of um, yeah, the cognitive infrastructure that we have, the feelings that we have, the soul that we have, and those things that were born out of our um, yeah, cultures and um, yeah, mentalities that we that we bring to the table, it preserves the idea or this stream of thought preserves those things and believes that they need to be honored and kept and um, also uh, yeah carried on to the future and to the next generation. And as long as you follow those virtues and and live those uh, traditions and um, yeah are loyal to to those principles. The market dynamics will also um, yeah, turn out uh, to be in your favor. So these are the, th the points that the conservatives, the political right, is um, defending positive things and uh, also, also quite true. Now, let's turn to the negative points. And this is the uh, yeah, rather interesting part of this, of this episode because... Um, they, as I said, I'm rejecting both sides um, categorically, not because they do not have some truth to them, but thinking in those categories is detrimental to me. Um, is a topic for another episode. But in this case, starting with the left, the biggest problem and the biggest disadvantage that the left has is that it is a reactionary political stream. The political left is reacting to things that are naturally there and dynamics that naturally occur. So it is dependent on the existence of a certain order, meaning the right, while the right already defends something that is already there. It's a realistic view, it's a display of how things are but there's no normativity tied to that. But we talk about that later. We're talking about the disadvantages of the left first. So the left is dependent on the existence of the right in order to exist. Because if there were no inequalities in this world, the whole leftist idea would not have emerged. And this is also kind of the reason why it emerged so late when capitalism and the Industrial Revolution um, kind of um, yeah became a thing and uh, kind of uh, yeah, solidified itself. And this is a big structural weakness, as you uh, might have um, yeah might have noticed during um, all other episodes, and especially during the um, in the episode on on power. Yeah, it's episode twenty-two. Everything that is dependent on the existence of another thing is not very good it's it's not it's weak 
it's not very useful. And it is the same thing with the leftist idea. There are innovations, there are points that help the right to develop and kind of um, go to the next level, but these are all only reactionary. And because they are reactionary, all people who defend leftist ideas, they kind of take the underlying premise of reactionary thinking and apply it to all other policy areas as well. So we can see this also in political discourse. In every country there is, the left, the political left, is always criticizing, is always criticizing. The agenda of the left is only built on the premise to criticize the right. Seldom we see that the political left is praising the right for doing certain things. Seldom do we see that they have, they try to improve certain things just to a certain point, but they rather want to, and, and often we see that rather they want to overthrow things, want to do things differently over and over and again. And this is an incredibly exhausting exercise um, negotiating and analyzing things with those people because they, no matter what you say, the premise is being against it. And it is the killer of technocratic thinking. It is the killer of technocratic thinking. And me as a pure technocrat, in political science terms, or also in general thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very um, um, strong uh, defender of the technocratic idea. It is extremely difficult to negotiate or think about and analyze and go into uh, political matters, find the right solution, when everything you say is criticized and needs to be overthrown uh, by the left. Because the nature of the thought is reactionary in itself. It only reacts to things that are perceived to be not perfect. Nothing is ever going to be perfect, and this is the problem. But perfection in itself is not even a goal by the leftists. It is just the need to criticize and yeah, to um, not even to improve but always to react to something um, that uh, seems not to fit with the idea of equality and um, yeah, the ultimate flattening out of um, differences uh, in people. Extremely big disadvantage and uh, makes the whole idea of equality um, yeah, having a, a bitter taste, kind of. And... Um, talking about flattening out all the differences in society, the second weakness of leftist thinking is the following. It is built on a very, on a very wrong premise. You know, uh, I don't know how to, if something is wrong, it's wrong. You, you cannot be wronger than wrong. But in this case, you can be because it is built on the premise that the class discrepancies in countries are always the same. So it equates mankind over the ethnic factor, which is simply not true. What I want to say by this is the following. 
when Karl Marx uh, talked about the discrepancies between upper class and, and lower class, so uh, bourgeoisie and workers, he did not differentiate between the cultural differences uh, of, of other nations. So workers class, and this is why it says workers of the whole world, I don't know how the quote um, exactly goes, but uh, workers unite and, and, and something like that. And it talks basically about all working classes. So the working class of Germany apparently, or to him, is the same as the working class in China, in Zimbabwe, in Argentina and uh, Turkey, uh, Russia, and so on and so forth. They're all the same. They share the same characteristics, same struggles, and so on and so forth. Wrong. The bourgeoisie in Britain, same as in Nigeria, as in Singapore, and so on and so forth. Wrong. These are fundamentally different people, different cultures, different uh, uh, behavioral patterns, um, different ideologies, different religions, they act and think and feel in different ways. How can you equate them just because they have the same amount of money or the the same of amount, uh, amount of or the same percentage less money than the bourgeoisie in the respective country? This is simply not right. And because it's not right, all the ideas that developed in the left afterwards are also built on... Um, yeah, on shaky grounds. So it is not very sustainable what Karl Marx said there. And now let's turn to the disadvantages of the political right. And here, obviously, the biggest disadvantage or the biggest shortcoming of the political right is that it is not proactive. There is a reason why we call it conservatism, because it tries to conserve and preserve an existing order, as we said before. And therefore, just as the political left is always trying to criticize something, the political right developed into kind of a state um, of, of mind where everything that comes from outside is, uh, is rejected, including innovations, including improvements, including... Um, things that, that help us to progress, the political right is hindering that in most cases. And this is a big shortcoming because as, um, yeah, as human beings, we want to uh, progress, we want to yeah, kind of develop and, and kind of reach new heights of human development. We want to find new technologies, we want to improve those technologies, and so on and so forth. There are lots of things that we need to do, and um, it's good that we are doing it. So the impulses that we need from that perspective are missing. And now we are just thinking about innovations in terms of technology and stuff, but this is not true. Social uh, innovations, political innovations, discursive sociological innovations, and so on and so forth. Now, if we talk about um, the things that happened with Galileo Galilei, who said, well, um, the earth is round and so on and so forth. Today, from today's perspective, we are often saying this will never happen again. But this is definitely not true. We are still in this thinking 
that when something comes from from outside and even the leftists do sometimes uh, something new something unknown we tend to reject it and this is a natural instinct that we have but we need to overcome it and the political right is not doing it um, quite well so this is why we always feel in the political discourses that they are trying to be yeah, or they are a bit more backwards and not that progressive. This is because they are halting um, uh, progress. Obviously, not everything that comes uh, as an innovation is, is uh, progress. That's true too. But in the end, the premise of conservatism is to preserve the current order. And therefore, this is um, a major yeah, structural shortcoming. And this leads to the second disadvantage which is something, yeah, a result or kind of the extension of not being able to defend. Uh, and this is radicalization. So if the political left is too threatening, the only way that political uh, conservatives can go is deeper into what is already there, meaning their culture, uh, tradition, and um, yeah, religion, for example. Therefore, we have streams such as yeah, uh, Christist um, movements and whitest movements across the United States of America. The Christists and the whitest are extremely radical groups that um, have like this, this racial uh, hate towards, uh, towards other races. May they be a black, Latino, Arab, or or whatever. So this is not a natural response, but this is you know, or this is not natural behavior, but rather a response to the increasing threat from the left that always tries to challenge everything. And if you have a weak character and need those values, those virtues then the only way to go for you as a conservative or as someone who identifies with this with the stream uh, of thought is to go into depth of what is already there and this is your culture this is your language this is your religion and therefore the radicalization factor is in this case a bit higher than um, it is for the left obviously radicalization there is also um, is also possible but it's more dispersed so leftists radicalize in the sense of equality for everything and then they are throwing a bunch of um, concepts into the arena and everything needs to be equal everything needs to be equal but non not one specific thing in depth whereas rightists they focus on one thing for example if you are a religious person and you feel challenged by all those uh, incoming inputs from the left the, the ever criticizing uh, left you are, are becoming a more a radical follower of your religion or if you are uh, more lenient towards uh, race um, racial discourse and, and topics that relate to that you are more likely to be racist and against um, foreigners for example major shortcoming of the right and definitely something that makes this whole concept and whole thinking uh, detrimental to technocratic thinking as well. So we have the technocratic thinking killer on the left 
and also on the right because they are both too emotional. The one is always criticizing, so we cannot find a proper solution, and the other one is, uh, is radicalizing, is just going for one way, doesn't see anything else, is stagnating, and is hindering pro uh, progress and process. And being located uh, nowhere, I'm, I'm not even saying I'm located in the middle, because I'm not, I'm a technocrat. I'm um, yeah, getting the crossfire of being criticized for all those things that are uh, yeah, not um, equality um, pushing. And on the other side, it is uh, kind of against those, those classical values and um, the, the, the radical um, yeah, interpretation of things. And it's too technocratic, it's too technical, no emotional no virtues and, and values attached. Um, both untrue, definitely. So, where do we need to go? Uh, once again, my book, Devlet, is the only answer to it. Technocratic policymaking, technocratic thinking, no left, no right, just doing the right thing, yeah, so to say, um, technocratic as it, yeah, as technocratic as it gets, um, highly recommended as always down in the description box. So um, that's about it. So we explored the advantages and disadvantages of the political left, political right, and in the end, they are both useless. And I can yeah easily say that um, thinking in those categories is useless. If you tend to identify with um, one of those sites, please reconsider. Yeah, it is uh, something that will not. It's it's just not sustainable to think that way. And I mean, come on, you cannot reduce yourself to just one word and just try to push every concept into it, saying this and this and that. And um, yeah, it's just not going to work. It's, uh, in my opinion, you're disrespecting yourself when you are positioning yourself um, on just one side and view the, w uh, the world in terms of right and left. And there's just, um, yeah, the one side or the other. That being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I definitely enjoyed it. And I hope to have you back for another podcast episode of Acido Magazine. My name is Emre Shentürk. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good one and bye.